really happy to welcome along to the show our first guest this evening, England's legend from the 2005 Ashes series, um, and more recently, um, celebrity master chef contestant and uh, chef extraordinaire. But we'll ask him all about that in a second. Here he is, Mr. Matthew Hoggard. Matthew, are you, can you hear us loud and clear? Good evening. Um, yes, I can. And you're clear as a bell as well. That's excellent. 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 So, um, thanks for joining us. We're very pleased to have you along. Um, let's start off by talking cricket. And uh, let's wind back to... We'll talk about the Ashes in a minute. But I wanted to just say that, um, from what I recall, it started a bit before 2005. And, and I remember you taking a hat-trick at Bridgetown in 2004. Um, and it seemed from there onwards, it was just a case of just non-stop exploits and success um that was quite a thing at that time to win like that in in the west indies wasn't it <laughs> yeah taking me back now 16 years that was <laughs> 2004 well that seems a lifetime ago but yeah fond memories fond memories um as you say uh, i think it was the start of the build-up towards that 2005 um, 2004, we went unbeaten. We hadn't won in the West Indies for 20 odd years. That's right. Years. Um, and we we had a new captain in Michael Vaughan. I think it was a changing of the guard. I think Nasser turned to um, a team and made it a lot stronger, a lot fitter, with a bigger backbone. And then Michael Vaughan came in with the the start of the work that Nasser had done uh, and, and turned the side. Uh, a winning side and I can remember going on Beacon in 2004 um, we pushed uh, aside everybody that came across um, we had, we had a, a nucleus of a side that stayed together and stayed fit more importantly for, for sort of like um, two years uh, and just here and there um, we Oh, we're just losing you a little bit. I mean, yeah, there was that momentous win in the West Indies, and then you followed it up with the tour down to South Africa, um, which really was the kind of... I think at the time everyone was looking at that and thinking this will be a real benchmark of how good this England side is. Um, and you proved it in South Africa. It's a tough place to go and win it, Africa, especially with the side they had. And we knew it was going to be a bit tough, and, and it proved it. I think we were all going into to Johannesburg, and we managed to, 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 to win in, in, in Joburg, and then South Africa came back strong in um, Centurion and had the better of the day the game. But we, we managed to hold out um, thanks to some good batting and some, some, some inclement weather. But, yeah, to, to go to South Africa and, and clinch a series over there was... a was a massive, massive achievement for, for the England side, and it just sort of like summed up 2004 coming into 2005 that we were a side that could beat beat sides from any position. And it was also uh, the first time we saw a certain Mr. Kevin Peterson announce himself. Um, yes, in the One Day <laughs> series, um, he came in in the One Day series with um, with his blue cook. Um, <laughs> Uh, and uh, what a what a place to make it make your debut. Um, going back to you, it's at Newlands, first. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Never heard such a a raucous, loud reception from um, the ball ring uh, up in Joburg when KP walked out to bat. Um, but he went on and sh shined in the in the one one day one day game um, and set himself up for for a Test debut and uh, Ashes debut at, at Lords. Now that first day at Lords, 
was one of the all-time great days of Test cricket. And um, I was there, and I just couldn't believe what was going on. 17 wickets fell on uh, on day one, and the atmosphere uh, was was just incredible. Um, how did it feel to be? I mean, I've read from 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 a lot of you guys that were part of that team that um, no one was expecting. Um, the, the public to get behind the whole thing as much as they did and even I think it seemed from the word go that um, everyone was up for that series so, so what was it like you know stri striding out at Lords on that first day yeah obviously you know that the Ashes series is massive um, always play in Australia uh, but it was the first time where we were right there the first time it, it, it seemed like it was a, a we had a very good chance of beating Australia um, obviously, after we'd, we'd gone beaten in 2004, gone to South Africa and won, um, we've got Australia coming, and we, you know, we were in great form. We had the firepower to, to do it, and we didn't know how good the series was going to be. Um, but we certainly knew that it was start of something special that first morning when we went out to, to field and we walked through the long room, which is normally full of um, polite. Um, applause from the, mm -hmm. the MCC members. It was like a roar. It was like a growl from um, from the members. And he walked through that um, that that long room, and it was like a football chant. It was such a noise <laughs> I'd never heard uh, at Lords, especially in the long room before. Yeah. And walking out and and hearing the the commotion and the passion that was was in the crowd. It, it still stands the hair on the back of your neck now thinking about walking through that long room on that first morning. I think there's a famous photograph of that moment of, of Vaughan leading you all through uh, and you can see how animated the members are and as you say they're normally a fairly sedate bunch uh, and the look on, on Vaughan and in fact all of the, all of the players faces of, of, of intense you know up for it concentration you know let's have it kind of thing um, it, uh, it must have been quite a moment. Yeah, a massive moment. And, you know, it's talking the talks easy, isn't it? You, talking the talk and saying, nah, it's going to be a great series, we're, we're going to stand up, we're going to fight them toe-to-toe, -to -toe. we're not going to take a backward step. That's the easy bit. The, the, the talking at the start, before the start of the game. The actual doing is the hard bit. And walking through that long room thinking, Do you know what, all this talk is now stopped. Uh, we we have to put our, 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 our words into action, and so it was a, a case of you know what there'll be a lot of so much nerves and so many nerves in, in in that room going out onto the pitch like there is for for any start of a series, but the the start of an Ashes series, the raucous that you've just walked through the long room, the packed <laughs> Lord's House, the noise and the Jerusalem scene. You know what, this is, this is something serious, this is something special, um, and it was, it just sort of like heightened your, your nerves. And it just built as the series went on, I mean that was Lords from day one, but it just seemed as you were going around the country that it was just building and building and building. Yeah, but we, we have to say that after Lords, it was, you know, same old England. <laughs> we talked the talk, um, but we didn't walk the walk at, at Lords. We, we, we lost, didn't we, by a small margin of 160 odd runs. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was a case of Australia to say, you know what, the Pommies are speaking, speaking it again, but when it gets out on the pitch, we're 
Um, so it was um, a massive game in Edgebaston, and uh, the way that, that that test match went, and the way that that ebbed and flowed, where do you know what we we had it in the bag coming into the last last day. We took a couple of early wickets, and do you know what we, we were all right. And then it was a case of you know this is this is getting serious. And then Simon Jones dropped a very hard chance down at, five, at third man, and you think oh, he's just dropped the ashes. Uh, and I think if we had lost uh, that that Test match at Edgebaston, it would have been five 0 Yeah, and it was you know let's not forget that was that was a really really strong Australian side as well, wasn't it? Oh, massive! Um, um, and, we, and, we, and when you look back at Edgebaston, they they lost Graham McGrath um, oh, when he stepped on the ball. And then the captain decided Ricky Ponting decided they'd have a bowl first, even though he'd lost his best bowler. We scored four hundred runs in the first um, day. And we Sorry. lost 10 overs through to bad light. Mm. Now, that is, that is some going, scoring 400 on, a, on day one uh, in a test match. But that just set, set, that, uh, set the scene. And after we crushed them um, by two runs um, <laughs> at the end of the test match, um, you, you could see how much it meant, especially to Garrett Jones, who caught the catch, who went off to the crowd and and gave them what for, but the, <laughs> the reaction we got for going one-all in, in that series, it massively boosted our confidence, saying, do you know what, we, we might have gone down at Lords, but we, we're back in this series. And then he came down to the last day at the Oval. Um, yeah. <laughs> and what a test match that was. Yeah, but again, you skip over Old Trafford. Where of course, we, yes. Sorry, yeah. We skip over Old Trafford where we needed one more wicket to win. Um, that was a massive... You know, we, we, we've got we've got Australia on the ropes. We then make them follow on for the first time at Trent Bridge, uh, and we and we we managed to, to sneak over the line by three wickets at Trent Bridge, and then you say we as you say we went to the Oval, and on the last day the Australia kept on taking bad light, knowing that they needed to score runs, and I I just didn't understand it, and uh, it was God two one up going into the Oval in Australia coming off to because they didn't like um, the, <laughs> the light situation and oh. needed, needed to score runs. It was something unheard of by the Australians, taking the backward step rather than the positive one. Ricky Ponton, it all seemed to get to him, didn't it? I mean, he, throughout the series, he seemed to be a very angry man at the best of times and, uh, and under huge pressure. Yeah, that run out by Gary Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't a single there and he got run out. And having a word with them, Duncan Fletcher from the pitch and then walking halfway up the steps at Trent Bridge to, to, to swear at him. It, it made us chuckle. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then uh, the famous um, reception in uh, Trafalgar Square and the open, uh, the open top bus. And uh, I think, again, um, I've read that no one was expecting anyone to turn up for that, but um, people were there in their thousands, weren't they? Yeah, of course. Uh, an English cricket team going around um, London in an open top bus. <laughs> Not a chance anybody was going to turn up. But yeah, you're right. That everybody was it was rammed. Yeah. Um, but again, we, we if if we'd have done what we did now, we'd have been crucified. Oh God, yeah. Because every most of us I'd like to say every single one of us but most probably we're, we're out until silly o'clock in the morning celebrating um, and looked um, like we'd been dragged, dragged by <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> but the way that it encapsulated the nation and uh, everybody was just you know the last the, the, 
they're just fun against Australia. It doesn't matter. Today's are going to join them, more or less. Nobody said a bad word about us. And I'm thinking, you know, that, you're representing your country and you turn up like that and nobody cared. No. It's just how, how much we, we've been taken to the heart by the nation. Yeah, I think, and, and you're right, it would be completely different now because I think that was probably the last time that there was a real connection. It's a bit like the football team in Italia 90 where the fans felt that the players were kind of their own, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And that there wasn't assistance, there wasn't a kind of a... You, and, and it's across all sports now because of the way they're managed and because of the way um, sport is covered that there's a distance kept between them but as you say no one cared because everyone sort of felt like yeah, well, go on lads you've just beaten Australia it's fantastic you know have a drink enjoy yourselves loosen your tie you know yeah exactly and the invention, the invention of the mobile phone with all the social media with the photographs and the Instagrams and yeah. the videos that can be around in, in 30 seconds around the world. Uh, I, I think it's a, it, it's nice to be able to, to keep contact base. I think it's got rid of the characters. It's got rid of the, the, the fun, um, a lot of the fun out of, of playing um, because you're not allowed to do anything and you can't get away with anything because if, if you do anything wrong, it's on a photograph, it's on a phone camera, it's on a video, and you, and you get crucified for it. Everybody's got an opinion, and everybody's everybody can see what you're doing. So I think uh, the, the way that the, the, the press are, the way that social media are, um, the characters are going out in every sport. Mm. Um, and I think it's a shame. Nobody wants to see um, playing vanilla sport. Everybody... Oh, you, you get to the top of your game, you play elite sport because you want to push the boundaries, you want to, 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 to see how good you can be, to say, right, and we, want, we want to go over that limit, but we, we haven't got any boundaries, we want to make sure that we're playing to the best of our abilities and, and, and pushing the boundaries, but you can't do that anymore because if you step over the line even a little bit, you, you're getting crucified by anybody and everyone. Well, I think with that in mind, you, your career spanned exactly the right moments and, and, and you hung your boots up at exactly the right time, I think, because, as you say, you know, characters aren't allowed to exist now. So, having given it all up, um, you had a fantastic uh, benefit year, and I was at your dinner at Lord's, which was, um, you had the stage set up as the hog, is it the hoggy arms or something? Ah, uh, yeah, the hoggy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I can remember you uh, conducting proceedings with Mr. Goff and a certain G boycott heckling you from, <laughs> from the front row. <laughs> He's always been heckling. <laughs> <laughs> Even when Graham Thorpe got up to say a few words, he was like, oh, blooming heck, another Australian. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've done that. So, so you've been busy since uh, in, in retirement. So obviously you're doing loads of work with the Lord's Taverners. Um, PCA Masters, you're well involved with that. We saw you, and we, our studio here is in Brentwood, and I think um, last summer you played a game for the Masters over at Brentwood Cricket Club. Yeah, it's always hard playing Brentwood. They're always poor, but a decent fight. Great. Ringers. Um, ringers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, um, yeah, it's great fun getting into the PCA dressing room with, with, with your ex-teammates, and it's like you've never been away. Um, <laughs> and you're all... Those characters you talk about from those days, you know, yourself, Alex Tudor, um, Daffy, yeah. these guys. Yeah, yeah. The, the great thing is now, now from the PC, from, from well, from from the ex-players' perspective, because you're 
your your mind may be willing, but your body might be not quite <laughs> able. We're, we're now starting to see the counties with the... Um, and, you know, the PCA Masters is a fantastic um, opportunity to give some players some playtime. Mm. And so, so you, you're getting the likes of which you're back with Stuart Meeker play last year. Uh, they were bowling wheels on a, on a, on a pitch that... Uh, it wasn't maybe your first class pitch and it was bouncing, it was flying through to the keeper and it's nice to have some firepower because all the fast bowlers nowadays, you can't, you can't do it because you've got gone in the knees, gone in the hips, you might be a little bit overweight, you haven't been to the... Can you still swing before. it? Oh, you can swing it. <laughs> but the sudden back at 28 mile an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so, away from that, Celebrity MasterChef on the BBC. Tell us about that. Yeah, that was fantastic as well. And, um, <laughs> to get down to the, the studios and, and be put under pressure, and it's amazing it, putting under pressure in a kitchen, putting under pressure on a golf course is so hard. You, you it's front of a hundred thousand people playing cricket, and you don't mind it. Hmm. You put yourself in a place with ten people watching. That you are not an expert in, you find yourself um, dropping your shopping a little bit. You're um, shaking. You're not as confident. You're, you're questioning yourself as everybody would be, and it's a it's a scary place. But it's a always amazing experience, and um, I learned a lot from it. And it's um, inspired a new venture in my life. Well, exactly. It's, it's revealed um, a, a clear passion for cooking, and. Um you're quite the barbecue fan, aren't you? It seems to be something that's gone back quite early in your life. I love barbecues. I love fire. I love fire. I love meat, love vegetables, love, love putting them together. Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to go to South Africa at the age of 17, 18 and play a couple of seasons, or well, four seasons over in South Africa. Um, and they love a dry place. Yeah. Um, what the weather is that where you discovered beer can chicken, was it? Um, you know, you the chicken wings and yeah. spatchcocks, yeah. And, and breakfast, what, do, what, how do you do, what breakfast do you, do you do on the barbie? Or is it just the bangers and the bacon goes on? Cook on real, real, real firewood. And it's, we used to have a stack of softwood, hmm. which was called drinking wood, which we used to put on and the flames just got higher and higher. <laughs> and, when they, and when they go, hey, you ready to cook yet? No, so I can't cook on it yet. So I remember we had a full of put So tell us about Hoggy's Grill then, your, your, your new venture. Yeah, Hoggy's Grill, we, we've opened up a Rutland Water Garden Nurseries and um, we have uh, an end growing tunnel. Um, so we, ha we have um, different um, 
we have different fuels. We we have charcoal, obviously. We have um, gas and um, wood pellet grills to, for everybody to cook on. So they, you can try your hand on everything. They come along and learn how to to cook anything on, on a barbecue. I've cooked cakes on there, baked cakes. Oh, wow. Puddings on there. You, you can cook everything or that you can in a kitchen or, or open fire oven or barbecue. So anything you can create in the kitchen, we can create at Hoggy's Barbecue. Um, we had a fantastic day today creating some um, prototype and some development potatoes for a big um, supermarket chain um, over over um, over coals and in gas and in wood fires. So it was, uh, I learned a bit today. Um, but yeah, it's overlooking Rutland Water. It's a fantastic venue. Uh, we're te- teaching people how to use their barbecues to their full potential. Fantastic. Is there a website or somewhere they can people yeah, can get involved? Hoggiesgrill.com. It's up and running. Um, we're on Twitter. We're on um, Instagram. Hoggies six. Hoggies Grill six or two. Come and have a look. Well, that sounds fantastic, Hoggy, and um, we're really thrilled that you could join us this evening and uh, no give us some of your stories about cricket. And uh, and this this whole uh, barbecue and grilling thing sounds fantastic. And, I, and I'm assuming you're not just a summertime griller. You're you're the man that's out there in the middle of winter, oh, lighting your fire. Do you know? You should mention that Christmas time is coming on quickly. Uh, where has the where's the year gone? But mm. to free up space in, in in your oven inside. Why not cook your turkey on the grill? Why not cook your ham on the grill? Why not cook your turkey? There's so much space out there that you're not using. And I I guarantee I love turkey on the barbecue. So we're going to be running courses on cooking your turkey and your ham <laughs> and your big rib of beef on, on, on the grill. Um, so look out and get to the and book on a course. Yeah, we'll we'll give it all the publicity we can over our social media and on our uh, uh, our Facebook page and all the rest of it, and uh, and we'll take it in on the on the YouTube channel as well. So awesome! Thank you so much for joining us. Good luck with everything, and um, we'll catch up soon. Yeah, 